podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You are listening to the RAP podcast, the Welsh Regional Rugby Appreciation Pod, where we try to cover all the important issues on and off the field in Welsh Regional and National Rugby. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, all of that information is at the end, so you'll just have to bear with us and get to that bit. In the meantime, enjoy this week's show. So joining us today on the pod, um, as always, is myself, Lee G. We've got Jamie from the Dragons. We've got Carwin from the Ospreys. And our special guest today is is a guy that I watched when I was growing up. And what a genius to watch play in it. When you watch this man play, it was, it was like watching a magician on the pitch. And it just made you so happy to be in a ground watching this guy play. So uh, welcome to the pod with the one and only Mark Ring. How are you, Mark? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm pleased to be on. Thanks. Good. Hey, Mark. Welcome. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? So we, you know, last Saturday, Mark, we'll get straight straight into it. What, what did you think of that game on Saturday, mate? Usually disappointed, really, with the result. Um, we actually a good friend of mine was uh, was sixty, so we had a surprise uh, surprise do for him, and we all turned up to watch the game, and it was quite noisy in there. But uh, the big screen was on, and everything else. So- Point. I thought, oh, we're going to run away with this, and it was as if you know people had lost interest. It wasn't a great game, but you know, suddenly uh, somebody's popped back from the toilet and said, uh, you know, George have scored, etc. So <laughs> next thing you know, there's a, a huge amount of concern. What, what is happening here? It was, you know, the whole thing seemed to be falling apart. But um, it was very, very difficult, um, you know, to to have a proper look at the game and you know and and pick it out. I mean, before the game, before even the game kicked off, I. The, the few of the boys asked me if what I thought, and I, I I did think that um I didn't think that we'd lose for one second, but I thought we they might run us close. Um, I looked at the, the team sheet. I think they had about six or seven guys, you know, play um play regularly in the um in the French league. You know, your Montpellier, your Breves, etc. Um, I looked at the highlights of the um of the Samoa game, and they only lost that in the last couple of minutes. So I think they were. I think lost twenty points in nineteen with about three or four minutes to go. Uh, when when Samoa scored a trying conversion, and some and Samoa were a physical outfit. And you know, typical Georgia, you know, from what you see before, uh, you know, you know, the, the scrum is strong, you know, and line out drive. Uh, but I was pretty impressed with their halfbacks um, in the Samoa yeah. game. Thinking, well, you know, I mean, the, the flyer kicks his goals, they, they can run a game. You know, they they keep the ball in front of their forwards. They play a quite a simple game, and they're a plucky side. So. I didn't really fancy, you know, Wales to run away with it. You know, obviously they made a few changes, etc. Um, I just thought maybe, you know, Georgia might be a little bit indisciplined if we created enough pressure and, you know, we could chip away at the scoreboard and eventually, you know, get, get on top and win comfortably. But, you know, uh, what, what panned out was um, that we appeared pretty sort of lame, really, uh, in terms of creativity. You know, same old, same old. We didn't particularly dominate. You know, up front, which um, Georgia, know. Georgia were hugely aggressive, weren't they? I mean, their, their pass, yeah. you know, just destroyed us. I thought, especially in a couple of occasions in that scrum, completely drove us off the ball. Yeah, and they wanted it more. I agree. I mean, the lad, the lad that came on, uh, he's Bradley, the the, the hooker, who's had been having a good season um, this year, and, and and probably you know on on merit, but warranted his opportunity, but. There's a huge difference between like a football in a good rugby playing hooker and somebody that comes up against Georgia, 
you know, we just want to scrimmage all the time, and you know, and and and, and you could, I, I, I genuinely had a, a, a bit of a concern with him coming on at that at that moment when Ken Owens left the pitch. I know everyone say, you know, the, the whole game seems to be changing now, and you know, I think Eddie Jones coined the, the phrase that these are our starters and these are our finishers. Well, you know, it's a 20, 20, 22 man game, but. I mean, you've got to be able to scrimmage as well as get about the park and, and, and show off your football skills. And the scrum at that time when Ken Owens left completely fell apart. And, you know, I've, I've listened to people who who blame the props and all the rest of it. But it, it's, I mean, Ken, Ken Owens knows how to deal with, you know, a hook and a loose head who are attacking his tight head. And, and, and conversely, he knows how to come across with his loose head and attack the opposition tight head. I mean, he's such a strong world-class scrimmaging hooker who's got it all. Uh, and, and and the lad, uh, by comparison, that came on, you know, in those key areas that really mattered, um, especially cost us the game. You know, it's not, you know, it's, you know, we had a, we had a scrimmage uh, when we were in front in in, in, a, in, in their 22 and we, we conceded a penalty at that scrum and then they nudged it down the field and then another scrum came and they got another penalty there and eventually... They got the key penalty that matters, and, and and they've gone from twenty two to twenty two basically, and chipped the ball over the post, and there's no more time left on the clock. Um, very, very well, hugely disappointing. Yeah, well, I was going to say, is it down to a lack of leadership in in the pack? Where you know, for the as, as good as Tipperick is, is he a leader in that pack? And like you say, when Ken Owen, well, you can see when Ken Owens is around the park, you know, he's he's chatting, he's shouting, and he's he. Every scrum's got a bit of oomph about it, and I just felt when he went off, like you say, you know, that wasn't coming from anybody else in the pack. There was nobody in the, on that last scrum when we went down. There was nobody kind of winding each other up and headbutting each other before we go into that last really, really important scrum. Like you know, yeah, but if they're just technically not uh, powerful enough or strong enough or have enough nous how to deal with you know with, with the pressure coming across on one side of the scrum and. You know they're always going to struggle. I mean, it's that lack of experience at that moment in time. You have to blame, you have to blame the the, the coaches. I mean, surely they they got Jonathan Humphreys up there, who's a hooker. You got Kevin Jenkins there, who's a loose head prop. I mean, you know, both both have played for their country. You know, they must have had a sense or a feel, you know, that it's a risk, you know, and um, you know, they, they you know they they put their jobs on the line, didn't they, by 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 uh, making the changes and um, and they saw what you know they, they saw what happened to their scrimmage and you know who who gets the blame I know you know sometimes um, you can you can say well you you if you haven't got the tools you know to work with and there's, there's a much bigger sort of um, uh, picture where when it comes to the whole development of the of the team further down the line and you know what, what sort of players are we producing you know to, to you know to to get to this stage that we're at. Um, you know, it's it's there's, there's lots and lots and lots of questions still still to be answered. Yeah. I, I, I came in on I, there was the camera panned in on Jonathan Humphreys on one occasion, and and this is one of my concerns. He wasn't even mic'd up. His, his mic was dangling down over his shoulder, and and next you know he's using making some hand signals and and he's mouthing the words "speed it up, speed it up, speed it up." I'm thinking to myself, Christ, it's all bravado. You know, straight away I'm looking at the guy, thinking to myself, is this guy? Is this guy for real? You know, who's he talking to? Does he? He knows the camera is on him, and he's trying to sell himself with some sort of, you know, he's, he's putting it out there for him. 
I mean, there's I, I, one thing I cannot bear. I cannot bear to coach that everything's about them and not the team. You know what I mean? And and uh, um, that that sort of characterization of a, of a of a of a coach makes me really concerned about the backroom staff. How do you how do you think uh, it's like going from the forwards to the backs? Obviously, your speciality there. Um, I mean, firstly, do you think it was the right selection of backs for that for that match? And do you think they played enough heads up rugby? Because I think it's all it's all too structured now. You know, they're not playing like kids in the park, or they're not looking yeah. at where they're going. Yeah, I, I just seem lost to me. Well, I look at our outside backs, and I think you know I'm excited by it. You know, there's four or five that can be selected there, anyway. You know, from 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 George North out, you know the wings, the full backs. You know, obviously we've got some injuries at full back at the moment, um, but you know we saw it playing there. You know, and and guys Liam Williams to come back in, etc., etc. We look strong. We look strong there. Um, but my 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 concern is the inside backs. Um, for the life of me, I cannot understand why Gareth Davis has not been involved. I know he lost lost a little bit of form, but he's always. Always, he's a winner. He's he's out there. He's. I remember when um, England won a couple of lineouts early against us a few years back, and next thing you know, he stood at the front of the lineout and he's saying to the linesman, "Where's the gap?" You know, and England were creeping across the gap, getting very physical with the lineout, and and we we obviously weren't um, you know physical enough to, to be deep for dealing with our own our own ball. So so he's he's got he's got the, the officials on the side by by pointing out that he, we need the gap. And, and then he controlled that. I mean, the ball went into the lineup. We never lost another lineup for the entire match. Gareth Davis, verbally and experience-wise, changed the game for us. Right. We've lost you, Mark. Mark, um, we've, we've lost I can't you. See, I, can't yeah, see yeah. I, can't, I can't see Antoine de Dupont, for example playing against Gareth Davis and having an easy time of it. Gareth Davis has no respect for players you know, like that. He's an absolute winner, right? And the, the other guys, you know, all the youngsters coming through, they, they, they're all decent players in their own right. But, you know, that, that sort of um, that edge that Gareth Davis has offers me something else to, to look at as a, as a fan, as a supporter. You know, he's an out-and-out winner. And I think to myself, well, you know, Thomas Williams, as good as he is, he's a passer and a box kicker. The black black are the same. The passers and box kickers, they don't they don't offer anything else, you know, um, from a competitive edge perspective. Um, I mean, I'd look at some of our players, you know, a couple of years ago and say, well, you know, that Gareth Davis is world, is one of our world class players, along with the likes of Ken Owens, along with the likes of Fellatso, you know, Will Rowlands now, and and Tipperick, you know. So the other four guys. You know they got some catching up to do. I mean, they, you know, they 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 bang average at best in the pack, and then and then we got a similar situation in the back line where our outside backs are all sort of quality players, and then you've got you got two centres, for example, say say uh, Tompkins and uh, and Owen Watkins, uh, Owen Watkins, and it doesn't really matter who plays there. They're, they're outside backs playing at inside centre. Inside centre needs to be creative. Needs to be have a kicking game. Both feet, both hands. You know, knows when to you know to help to run decoy lines and create space for others out wide. You know, having an intricate, an in, intricate, an intricate kicking game, or, or be able to make a half break, or or just hold somebody up and put somebody in space from a from a blindside wing perspective. You know, and the fly half uh, Priestland, as good as he is and as good as he has been, and 
you know, with all his experience, he's 33 now. I mean, he hasn't got the legs he used to have. He hasn't got a, never really had a step. He, he does control a game. He knows how to control a game as a fly out. It's, it's more from a kicking perspective. And if you'd have watched the All Blacks on a weekend, I know it came, you know, they had the, the, the man sent off at Gertig, sorry, um, yellow card at the end, and England came back strong. But they they opened England up all over the place. They knew when to drag them forward. They knew when to put to, to put space in behind the wingers. You know, they had kick. They had a kicking game from from all over the park. And um, you know, it's uh, that's that's more creative. That's more creative than than and we, and you know. And before we'd even played played George, you'd say, "Well, look at the team," and you just know there and then that um, you know it was just going to be just just plugging away through a phased game and and. Chicken and you know, getting close to the line and maybe chipping a penalty over or picking and driving over the line, and you know, I mean, that's our game, that's, that's pretty much it. And that's all we got. Are you? Yeah. you You've gone. Are you back? Yeah, He's yeah, back. yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the, the big question on everyone's lips at the minute, then, Mark, is, is how much of this responsibility kind of lies with the coach and. You know, we're twelve months out from a World Cup. Is that the right time to to change the coach? Do you reckon? Do no. we stick with him? No, no, it's not. No, I mean, I I got faith in Stephen Jones in in the season with a, with a World Cup looming, if you like. Um, I do question what I do question. You know, Jonathan Humphreys. I've never really been a, a friend of his. You know, perhaps he can maybe add somebody there. But in terms of, I, I think terms of the biggest problems that we've got. I think you have to go way, way back. I think we need to be looking at people. I mean, you know, Nigel Walker's right. He's, you know, he's a great, great friend of mine, Nigel Walker. But he's he's he's, start, he's starting to find his feet now. He's starting to um, realize what sort of a job this is, you know. And um, you know, he's been at the the head of elite sport in the past, and um, you know, he's, he's done a lot of talking. But he he needs to start thinking about making some serious decisions now. And, and I, I don't think I, I'd necessarily be looking straight at the top brass. You know the Welsh team at the moment. I think he's got to start thinking below him for stuff. I mean, the community game. Get on John in the community game. I mean, what is he actually? You know, I've come, I've come through. Uh, my 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 oldest lad is eighteen now. He's come through the system. You know, he's, he's actually chosen football in the end over rugby. But I've been mean, with him. Yeah, you won up football. You know, carrying the ball in pods and all that. You rolling balls behind, behind players. You know. And they make their runs too early, and it's just going. It's just going from side to side, and they eventually run out of time and space, and kick the ball up in the air and run out of ideas. But if if that is the product, you know, at, at regional level and in club in in um, international level, that the, the people who start, you know, coaching their kids, parents, and things, they just see that and they just copy it, you know, and it's just copycat coaching all the way through. Through the youngsters coming up through the system, and and they just they just become they just become very very robotic, you know. Yeah. If you can't yeah. step or you know count numbers. I mean, I hear the word word scan all the time. Scan, scan, scan. Well, I mean, it's okay to to use the word scan, but like you know, what are they actually are they explaining the logic behind what scan is? You know, I I I played when I was seven years of age, and a fella said to me, you know. Stop there, and, and where's your head? And I, I said, well, my head's looking at the ball. He said, well, you shouldn't be looking at the ball, son. 
get your head up and count numbers in front of you. How many have they got? So I said, well, one, two, three, four. How many have you got? I looked to my right. I said, one, two, three. He said, what about those? He said, and you? I said, four. He said, what about those two on your inside? So I looked on my inside. There was two there. He said, what are you going to do with them? We get them around your outside, make a six on four. You know, and I mean, that's, I'm seven years of age when I'm getting this type of coaching, you know, and, you know, it's going to give me a chance, you know, when I'm growing up. And, and, and that's so scanning ain't just throwing your head up and down. You know, I'm looking in front of me to count them. I'm looking to my right to count my numbers on my outside. I'm looking at my inside shoulder. I'm looking at the backfield inside, outside, behind me. That's what scanning is. And I wouldn't use the word scan. I'd call it counting. Count numbers, count numbers. And then you've got an opportunity, a golden opportunity then to, you know, to, 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 to coach people in the, in the 7 to 11 age bracket. I, I'm a massive believer in we should have young ca- academies like that. We should have academies, not necessarily like, you know, to do the physical stuff, but, to, you know, to teach them the stepping, to teach them the skills, to teach them to count numbers, to teach them to get their head up, to, you know, to, to, to produce flair players that come in through the system. That's you know, it. My, my, boy's, no uh, you know, my boy's seven at the moment, and he's playing uh, tag rugby down on Poncana Fields here in Cardiff uh, for oh. Club Rugby Kaidi. Oh. And they're, they're trying to get him to look at the moment where they're going, where's the space, rather than trying to run all the way around. Heads up, mm. boys. Look where you're going. You know, and you know, obviously it's very basic at that age, but uh, yes. you know, they're loving it. Well, I mean, it's fantastic. But, but the one thing I would say is get rid of tag. Tag rugby is probably the worst invention. I think it's an English invention, and we've got to copy that. Um, the, the tag rugby is like stop, start, stop, start. Someone grabs a tag. Some, has he got a tag? Has he not got a tag? One sec. No, pull the whistle. Um, one sec. Uh, we just not let the hand off. You know, just play touch rugby. Play touch rugby. And, you know, you, you make the touch. You know, that person, everyone's got to get back five paces. One, two, three, four, five. Back you go. Okay. Then, then you bring in little rules like, you know, like an orthodox pass. No spin passes. Just orthodox passes. Okay. The first two guys know you've got to move. You've got to pass and move, the two of you. You know, you know the opposition. When when you get the ball, don't play too flat. You know, too, turn over. You take you, you took the ball. You're too deep. You can't see the width. If you can't see the two wingers either side, you know, turn the ball over. Teach these players, you know, to play a fast game where you got to think quickly. You know, where they got to look at things and count up and, and weigh the whole position up, and they will develop like you. It's it's that seven to eleven age grade is the key age grade where you where you will produce world class players. Now keeping them in the game. That's something different, but uh, but with the with the actual basic skills and the, the guys will be we will not be producing mundane robotic players who cannot get their heads up. Hmm. Well, we we spoke to Mike Ruddock last week. He said something really similar about you know you've got players playing a very robotic, straightforward kind of system, uh, and again, and I, and I think we saw it on Saturday with Georgia kind of picked apart our system, and we didn't have players there that could move around the outside of it so you, you say that you know Nigel Walker's your mate in uh, in a WRU if, if they offered you the opportunity to go in and, and shake up the WRU now then Mark what what would you do where would you where would you start well I would start with I would, I would, I would start with with uh, you know with, with academies and in, in looking at the million junior sections of the clubs or, or even in the schools I would get, I would get like some, like five or six in different in different regions, five or six top quality coaches, coaches with, you know, you know, dare I say it with, you know, had some sort of little bit about them, you know, flair wise and skill wise and and vision wise, you know, and 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 have a have a sort of a a, a program, 
of, of specifics that you you want to teach you know even get some videos out there and show and show the techniques you know which 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 could, which could speed things up but there's but every single club and every single there's so many there's so many people out there you know with with ability you know and and the ability to coach but but the younger age grades the 7 to 11 age grade is absolutely key in my view you know, in, in that because that's if if a kid, kid gets to fifteen or sixteen and he can't sidestep, he won't be able to sidestep. I guarantee you, if a kid gets to fifteen or sixteen and can't get his head up, he will not get his head up. Right? It's mm. it's the seven to eleven, twelve age group. That's the age grade where you know the the, the muscle memory and, and 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 everything that goes with, you know the you know the. I mean, people would call someone like Shane Williams a natural, right? Probably the last most exciting player we've had. Right, someone I would pay money to go and watch, right? But they say, "Oh, he's a natural." Well, he's not a natural, right? He, he's 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 become a natural because when he was younger, he was putting the cones down, he was stepping and stepping and stepping, and and he was doing it on a regular basis until be, until it became natural. You pick up a skipping rope and you start skipping for the first time, right? And it gets tangled up in your feet every couple of minutes. The more you do it, you'll be skipping like Sugar Ray Leonard with all the crossovers and the double loops and everything else. You know, that's the way it is. But so the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. But you, but but particularly with the with the skills we're talking about, it's absolutely fundamental in my view that we concentrate on that that age grade where we can produce more players with more quality, natural flair and quality coming through the system, rather than thinking, well, I mean, look, they're playing. Um, I don't know. There's, there's four, nine times out of ten now, there's, there's four players in the backfield defensively, right? which means there's only 11 across the park defending. So if, so literally, we're playing 15 players against 11. And we can't figure out, you know, how, how to, how to, you know, make, I mean, New Zealand, we haven't even, we haven't even um, cottoned on to what New Zealand have been doing. Right, where they take the ball into contact, they've worked out they got 15 against 11, they'll drive the ball into contact. But whenever they catch somebody ball watching, they will. The, the guy who's taking the ball in, his support player, his closest support player, what I used to describe as a, like a leecher, the guy leeching on and driving him into contact, he will slide over the top and he will judo throw one guy to the floor, right? One defender to the floor. And if you can get one of them and bump into each other and throw the two of them on the floor and land on top of them, right? Soon that 11 becomes less and less and less. And you will always maintain, because all they're trying to do is run away from the rucks. You know, that's the only way they can survive, by, by just tackling and, and maybe, you know, the opposition are committing three or four players to every breakdown, and everybody else is committing one, maximum two to every breakdown. That's the only way they can survive. But when, when New Zealand come in and start throwing people about like they do in the contact area, they all just run out the defenders. And that's what happens. The other thing, the other thing that we haven't cottoned on to is the is the is the is the box kick. I mean, I got I got stuff on my on my my, my coaching video where I'm going back to like 2011, something like that, when Israel Dag was playing. Right, they were they, South Africa would kick a ball up in the air, a big box kick, and Brian Haban had chased it, and there was no scrum half at the at the lineout, New Zealand lineout. He was ten yards back, ten meters back, and then the hooker. Was getting in the way, and McCaw was like a, a tail gun at the lineout. So what they did to Habana, they, they they sort of ran across the chasing lines, and made Habana weave inside and outside all three of them. So he never ran in a straight line. Now that's commonplace now, and it has been commonplace for the last three years. But the last three years takes us to 2019 when we started to cotton onto things like that. When New Zealand had been doing that since 2011, 
So why would you know why would someone like myself, for example, be able to pick up something that New Zealand did in two thousand eleven and Wales, the national coaches of Wales can't even you know pick that up till two thousand nineteen. So in fairness, they have found out now they they have caught up on that to give them a little bit of credit. But what they haven't caught up on is that while everybody's upstairs up, up watching the ball being kicked on the box, three New Zealand forwards have run 40, 50 metres to the other side of the pitch and haven't been picked up because everybody's watching the ball. So we haven't cashed in on, 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 on other teams' ball watching and getting and, and manipulating players into the other side of the field to... You know, I mean, they're absolutely light years ahead of us, and they and they and they they have been for many many years. That tells me one thing: that their quality of coaching and their vision, and 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 their flair in coaching, and their and their you know the, the way they work things out quickly, and they look at the game logically, and 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 you know they have so much so much so many quality coaches, but they have fantastic quality coaches as well in this in the the, the schools in the in the schools and and um, in their junior systems. And they're just absolutely phenomenal, and um, that, that's that's the way they led. That's the reason they led the way. So I I know you're you're running short of time, Mark. So I, I just quickly ask you what what kind of stuff are you up to at the minute? Because uh, I know you're you're still heavily involved in the in the junior game. And could we get a quick prediction for Australia out of you just before you uh, just before you have to shoot? <laughs> yeah. Um... Well, on the prediction, you know, I don't think we got much. You know, we, we've got to give it everything. We're home. We'd be we'd be absolutely written off, and, and Wales have got a good habit of, of bouncing back. We we can we can do it. We have got the players to do it. You know, um, Australia. You know, to, to me, and and has, haven't really sort of, you know, challenged challenged too many teams. You know, I wouldn't expect Australia to come in and blow us away. Put it that way. I think we'd be right in the game. And, you know, I think they're suffering for a little bit of confidence loss as well. They're not, they're, they, you know, there'd be two, there'll be two teams there, both desperate to win. But I mean, I think, you know, the amount of criticism that we get, that, that tends to fight us up. So I'm sure I that... because so, I'm going to the match. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure we can bounce back. I'm, I'm, I am absolutely sure we can bounce back. But it still won't, it still wouldn't hide the, uh, the the bigger, more fundamental problems that we've got. Oh, absolutely. You know, through, through the, uh, through the system. And as, and as regards to the other one, yeah, I'm just, I'm doing a bit of, co- I'm, I'm rushing out the coach now. I'm doing some one-to-ones at the moment, you know, so, so I'm putting the rugby camps on and I'm, and I'm coaching uh, play, players on an individual basis, you know, especially, yeah, yeah. I love, I, I love coaching the youngsters who, who maybe need a bit of a confidence boost and a, a bit of a pick-me-up and, um, you know, perhaps a, they've been playing a bit of rugby and, and lost a bit of confidence. I really build them up and, and give them some skills and, um, like like the fundamental skills I've been talking about earlier on, and, and getting those getting those lads in that right age grade, and um, yeah, bringing them up to where they should be. So yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mate. I I could genuinely sit here and listen to you talk all day, Mark. I really could because it's it's uh, the the fact that I'm even on a call with you. If, if my dad was still alive, he'd be over the moon. Honestly, God, he would. But I uh, just want to. Thank you for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure listening to you and uh, we wish you all the best for the future and uh, hopefully, like you say, we can turn it around on Saturday and uh, uh, we can all calm down for a bit for, for a week. Sure we will. I'm sure we will. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. all the best, man. Thank you very much. Lot, all the best. Lee, Cheers, Jamie, Cowan, All the best. Good luck. Good luck. Thank Cheers, you. Cheers. Yeah. Okay. Jamie, I noticed you were, you were a bit yeah. quiet uh, when he was... <laughs> Talking about Bradley That's Roberts. not like you at all. Yes. Um, <laughs> I like I, I, he said he's a friend of the Bradley Roberts fan club. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, 
to be fair, I think it's a little bit unfair to single out Granny. I think the whole front row went to shit. Like he was saying, you can't blame the props. Well, yeah, you can, actually. You can't blame the props. You know, it shouldn't be just left to the hooker to sort out the scrum. Do you know what I mean? It's a collective effort. So, yeah, I mean, there's some. In- you said a lot of interesting stuff there. Some of it I didn't agree with, but um, yeah, a bit unfair, I thought. But uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, you know, he, he's got a bit of a reputation for kind of saying yeah. some. I think what he was saying about building players through the junior system and and oh yeah, yeah, that's right, in, yeah. You know, but yeah, the the disappointing thing with that is is he, is he not the first person to say it? You know, you you, you, no. s- you speak to a lot of people, and a lot of people will say the same thing that we've got robots. Yeah. You know, we had it same from Mike last week. You know, we're not building creative players and fair play to Mark you know he is he is there you know trying to do something about it like you know he is yeah he he knows far more than I do about the pathways and all that it's just like when he was talking about Garth Davis as well I was like nah I didn't agree what he said about Garth Davis to be honest and at some point as well people need to realise we've got to move away from players like Garth Davis and Ken Owens they're not going to be around forever and we have got to start the likes of Bradley we've got to develop the depth, yeah. you know, we can't keep relying on the same old players. So I, think what, I understood what he's saying, but yeah. not sure I, I agreed with it. You know, I think what he was saying was more about the the leadership role on the park. I think that's where we're really, really struggling at the minute in terms of leadership. Mm. In terms of, you know, I, I've been quite critical of Alan Wynne Jones even being in the squad at the minute, but you know, on Saturday, you you can guarantee if Alan Wynne Jones had been on that park for those last five minutes. Those scrums would have been very, very different, you know. We, yeah. And and I think that's, you know, where we find a balance. I I think as much as people like Tipperick and they say I'm not, I'm not a fan of him at the minute. I think he's he's past his best, and to put him in a leadership role, um, Ackerledge. is yeah, putting him in a leadership role is just not gonna. It just doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't inspire players. And I, I think you could see that on Saturday. I don't think Tipperick just provides that leadership. I don't think he provides that inspiration. But then you look around the park, you take Ken Owens off, and who else have you got to provide inspiration? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But at some point, we've got to move on from Ken. We've got to start developing. Yeah. They're not going to be around forever. Alwyn Jones, Ken, they're not going to be around forever. We've got to start blooding up. And it's going to be painful, yeah, but we've got to do it. Mm. I agree. And we've got players like Dowie Lake, you know, Bradley Roberts. Yeah. Mm. I think Dowie's more more suited to the open game for us. Uh, sorry, uh, mm. Bradley's more suited Bradley, to the open yes. game for us. Yeah. Mm. I agree, yeah. Get in your face, smash him out of the way, sort of guy. Um, but with regards to Alan Wynn Jones, I don't know, maybe his leadership is required for this weekend. You know? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have I, him I, I would. Yeah. I'd have him I, back. Yeah. And, and not necessarily, like you say, not from a, a, a skill and presence around the park, but no. a presence on the park. He, he, you know, he'll be the the guy to inspire people and to say, right, slow it down now, let's pick. The, the bit that pissed me off last Saturday is we had them on the ropes. Yeah, we we did about five, ten minutes away from halftime. And we were doing everything that we said last week about moving the big pack around knackering them out and you know gaps were appearing on third and fourth phase instead of ninth yeah. tenth eleventh phase mm. you know and you're like right okay yeah this is it we we've got the idea of it now we're gonna cut loose 
and I thought we're going we're going to come out first ten minutes of the second half and run them ragged again, left and right. And then we were taking like two minutes to set a scrum. We were getting to a line out, yeah, and going right. Okay, let's let's calm down. Let's have a chat. And and we were playing right into their hands. And then we were their their best player was their fullback. And the first thing we did in the start of the second half was we kicked four balls down his fucking throat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, let's not take it away from Georgia because I tell you what, I thought they were outstanding. They wanted it more than us. They were more aggressive. They were they were, they played like a team. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. there was cohesion and they didn't care who they were up against. They were smashing them. Yeah. Let's roll it back a bit then. Let's let's roll it back and start from the start. Beer yeah. of the week. Now, I've been in touch with Reese because obviously Reese isn't with us this week. And Reese uh, Reese is having a beer of the week. Uh, he's having a baby sham. So, uh, <laughs> make it out what you will, boys. So, um, with a blue Caracio. <laughs> in a delicate glass. <laughs> so I'm oh. I'm gonna let me see if you I'm gonna see if I can open this one in, all right? Now, can you tell what that was from, from the open? Antes. I got me a classic bottle of brains essay. I thought you, you know, is that too cliched? Is that kind of you know? Because I do like a bit of craft ale, but this is kind of nice. it's like halfway house, isn't it? It's it's kind of crafty ale because it's not too big, but it's it's too big to be called a craft ale. But um, yeah, so it's a pint of brains essay for me tonight, gents. What uh, what about yourself, James? Well, I don't know if you saw it, but Portugal reached only their second World Cup. On the weekend, they drew with the USA. Um, they qualified on superior points difference. But Portugal are going to be in Wales's group as well, while they're cool. So that's going to be pretty interesting. So in honour of Portugal, I've got Portuguese beer, Superbock. It's quite well known. I don't know if you've seen this in the supermarkets. It's very, very nice. It's a Portuguese beer. And uh, yeah, I just want to give my congratulations to Portugal. Well done to them. It was a great game. Very exciting. Absolutely. Look forward to seeing the them in the World Cup. On the Portuguese note, I saw a lovely tweet saying, yeah, USA aren't done yet. It all looks like they're going to throw Wales out of the fucking championship and <laughs> let USA play <laughs> instead. It's bad for the USA, mate, because I think um, that's the first World Cup they missed out on since 1995. Um, yeah. I, USA and Canada aren't in And they're hosting, this it. World Cup. they're hosting it in 30, is it? In a few years, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's quite worrying times for North American rugby, but I am pleased for Portugal. I, you know, it, it was nice to see them get the win and um you know it's a new um you know someone different to see isn't it in the world cup you know mm. it's only the second appearance and uh, i like the fact they're going to be in wales is cool as well so uh yeah well done to it yeah. didn't we play them in the world cup once before did we play them in, in a qualifier i thought we played them in the qualifier that's it when we had to qualify we beat them, i think it was 150 points or something. Yeah, it was something ridiculous, wasn't it? There's like no point yeah. playing, but yeah. It's a... So did you get that from the shop where you got the, the Georgian beer from then, Jet? No, I got this in Morrison's. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> there we go then. So, Carwin, what about you, mate? What have you got? I'm back on the uh, Beer Moretti, um, the local taste of the Hallett household. At the moment, the local flavour, it's going down quite well. But I'm trying to save some for later when I do watch the round ball event uh, when we take on the USA. Mm. I was thinking this. this uh, 
of all the weeks for us to have a shit rugby result and you you, you follow that up with two days later or three days later with uh, Wales playing football in the World Cup it just kind of creates a little bit of a perfect storm in terms of you know young play when a young player is looking at the game now we where are they going to go do you know what I mean it's, it's hard enough yeah. competing against football as it is I just think of all the times for us to really throw ourselves under a fucking train that was that was a really bad time to throw ourselves under a train not that there's ever a good time but you you know what I oh. mean yeah. <laughs> but, yes hmm. so let's uh Let's let's rip back into the Georgia. Do we do we want to? I mean, you know, let's 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 be honest with people. We 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 were all on uh, uh, on our little WhatsApp group after the game over the weekend, you know, and it got quite heated between us, and we quite like each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you, well, can so I just you point can... out I was in the pub. <laughs> every every fourth message was Carwin going. I'm in the pub. I'm at the bar. We're complaining. I'm in a new pub. We're complaining. That's a lot to be. <laughs> yeah. The right place to be after that result, I think. Yeah, but oh, you can dear. see. I mean, I checked social media yesterday morning. I checked social media last night. They checked it again. It still feels raw. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Usually, Saturday night after, and we've had enough shit shit scores over the past. You know that Saturday night is quite bad, and then Sunday we kind of kind of mellows a little and by monday morning we're usually back to well you know look we pick ourselves up fair play to them well done but we're we're back into okay you know we will respond we will get and it just doesn't feel like that's happened this time we we wow. were talking before we came on jame about you know um you know almost opening the floodgates for people saying crazy stuff you know so it's almost empowered people now to go by the way, I think you know when I think this and I think that, and I think it's just there's like almost ten years worth of frustration of just all come out in this this one kind of victory, and everyone's gone boom, you know. So, yeah, who who wants to start? Who wants to who wants to have a go? Do you want me to it? kick off? Jamie can start. Me and Carwin are going to sit back for half hour. You carry yeah. on, Jamie. <laughs> Good luck. I mean, I'll go, I'll go and feed the kids. Go on then. Off you go. I have a bag. Do I have to go to the toilet? I might be a while. <laughs> Look, we also have had some really bad results in the past. You know, there was Romania in the 80s. You know, they lost to Canada and Western Samoa in the 90s. Then there was Fiji in the 2007 World Cup. So, you know, we're no strangers to really bad, embarrassing defeats. But i got to say, I think this loss against Georgia is arguably the worst ever result in the professional era. It was absolutely dreadful. You know, that was Georgia's first win away from home against Tier 1 opposition, you know? Shocking, I know. And we, we can't even blame. Normally in these games... We can look at team selection, can't we, and go, well, maybe we made too many changes. You know, that's what's happened in the past as well in these olden games. When we play tier two nations, we make a load of wholesale changes and we go, well, we made too many changes. We underestimated them and there's no cohesion. You can't criticise that team selection. You can look at some of the replacements, but you can't look at that team selection and say that wasn't good enough because that team should have been strong enough 
to beat Georgia at home. It's simple as that. There were eight British and Irish Lions in that squad. Eight British yeah. and Irish Lions. And mm. they still couldn't beat a tier two team at home. Um, Wales didn't score a single point for the final 56 minutes of that game. Yeah. Yeah. Against Georgia, against tier two opposition. So that's now three wins out of 11 test matches. We've lost at home to Italy and Georgia in the space of a year. Now, for me, that is a sackable offence. Absolutely. That's sackable. Okay? Mm. The time to get rid of Pivak was against Italy. He should have gone then. And fair play to Jiffy. I'm not a big fan of his penetry at times, but he came out, didn't he, on Scrum 5, and he said, that's a sackable offence. Not to be fair, he's right. I, I'm this laughing now, at why you're me, not a big... I'm laughing at why you're not a big fan of Jiffy, though, mate. That's, that's what... <laughs> No, I, I, I got a lot of respect for Jiffy as a player. I got a lot of respect for some of this commentary does wind me up. But the fact of the matter is now, three wins out of 11, you know, losing at home to Italy and Georgia, that's just unacceptable. That is unacceptable. And I'm telling you now, if that was the RFU or if I was the Irish Rugby Union, do you think they'd tolerate that? No. They'd oh, no. no, they'd be gone. That, that would not be acceptable for the RFU if they won just three matches all year and they lost at home to Italy and Georgia. It wouldn't be acceptable. So why should we accept it in Wales? That's my point. Why should we accept it? And I do think that we need to get rid of Pivac. Now people are saying, oh, it's too close to the World Cup. It's too late now. No, it's not too late. I talked on the pod before about Michael Checker of Australia. He took over Australia back in 2014. He was less than a year before the World Cup. It's not too late. We can do it now. I don't know where we're going. It's like when Gallant took over Wales. Gallant took over Wales and we won a Grand Slam. Well, yeah, exactly. So when people say it's too late, it's well, not I mean, too we, late. Yeah, sorry, you won a grand slam with 13 Ospreys and two others. But yeah, yeah but I, I think yeah, 13 was, Ospreys, that's right. Yeah, but it was different <laughs> with Gatland because with Gatland, we'd been building with Hansen. He, he took over from Hansen, didn't he? Was that right? It was... Yeah. No, no Jenkins. Jenkins got sacked in the car park, remember? Larson, yeah. <laughs> so, but we, we'd had a whole period of. Um, Hansen, six or seven years of Hansen talking about building skills, building fitness, and we were on an upward trajectory. And and we did with Gareth Jenkins. I, I got a lot of respect for Gareth Jenkins. He, he He's a really nice guy. He really knows his rugby. And he got treated appallingly by the WRU at the time. But we tried to change too much too quick. Yeah, we went from this structured kind of fitness and and so uh, um it, it was built around wearing the opposition down and then we went let's throw the ball wide and and that's why Jenkins didn't uh, you know that that's what people in Wales want to see we want to see an exciting game we want to see a passionate game and then Gatland so you, you still had those good players there we'd still been building a crop of players for seven, eight, nine years that that could play a decent game. And I think the difference is now is those players, and, and there are a number of reasons behind this, but those players are probably not at that level that they need to be. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'm not blaming the players necessarily for that. I think, like I said before, it's a bit of a jigsaw. It's it's a little bit of the players. It's a little bit of the system. It's a little bit of the coaches. It's a little bit of the supporters. It's a little bit of the, the facility. Do you know what I mean? It, it, there's 
it's ne- it's never one thing that's the problem. There's a whole load of other no. things that go into it. I I do think I I keep checking my phone because I'm expecting Pivac to be sacked any minute. I ge- I genuinely mm. do, and you know that's from somebody that you know when he when he was with the Scarlets. So he was with us for half a season as a forwards coach, and then he took over when um, what's his name went to Ireland. Um, and I think it's a big call if he came back. I think he'll come back after the World Cup. Yeah. So my bride? No. Um, oh, what's the assistant coach? Was the Scarlet's head coach? Went over to Ireland. He's a assistant coach. Um, used to be. Used to be, yeah. Him and his brother used to play, didn't they? So I, I think he'll come back to Wales. I think he'll either come into the Welsh setup or he'll come <laughs> into the Scarlet setup after the, the World Cup. Yeah. Because. Um, Farrell has signed an extension to his contract after the World Cup, and Easterby hasn't. He's, I think, he's coming out. So anyway, you know, I completely lost where I was going. Now, oh, I need a beer. My point is, is we, whoever takes over now, yeah, I, I, I do think Pivot will go. Whoever takes over now, it's not as easy to pull that structured squad back together. We we have to go back to a structured game, which will be boring as fuck for a couple of years, but we won't have any stupid losses like this. But it, when you say that, but like I think lessons should have been learned from the last twenty years of how to play rugby. Like uh, Mark alluded to, they were the All Blacks. Hmm. We just haven't bothered learning from them. No, we say, oh, we're trying to play this game and this game and that game. We're not. We're not. No. We we've not learned the lessons which should have been taken on board. We should be playing head to rugby. We should be smashing people in the forwards. We should be smashing people in the backs. And we should be creating those overlaps. And people should be looking, like like you said, there's no gap. Let's run through it. Mm. Or let's put someone into space. Let's support those people in space. Yeah. You don't see it. Can I'm I, raging. Um, I'm raging. Sorry. Can I just mention as well about governance, okay? There's been a lot of talk this weekend about the governance of the game. And I want to give a shout out to Sam Warburton, fair play to him, for coming out on Amazon and criticising mm. the WRU and the governance, because and that should have happened a long time ago. And I'm pleased Sam has come out and done it, but somebody like Sam should have come out a long time ago to criticise, right? Because the governance has been a shambles for many, many years. And what we need is actually more pundits like Sam put their head above the parapet and actually come out and say this sort of thing. So I'm pleased yeah. he came out and said that. Now, yes, we know that governance is a mess in Wales, okay? And I think it's unfair, and I will defend Wayne Pivak on this, it's unfair to put all of Welsh Rugby's problems on him, and I'm not going to do that, because Welsh Rugby is a basket case, quite frankly, and he has oh, been for absolutely. years. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not fair to put it all on Wayne Pivak. Because he's a good coach. Well, he is a good coach. He, he could know, be a good he transformed, the Scar- he transformed the Scarlets for a couple of seasons and they were playing some fantastic rugby. Yeah, but, but it's not worked. About trans- transferring it to international level. But you, you look at the like, players he had, yeah, Tad, <laughs> Tad Byrne, um, Overseas, John Barkley, yeah, Hadley John Barkley. Parks. They were built yeah. on very good, savvy overseas players. That's yeah. what the Scarlet success was built on, really, it's, wasn't it? He had a bunch of players who could play a quick turnover, run deep, and run at space 
kind yeah. of a game. Scott Williams made that team. You know, Scott Scott Williams kind of controlled what was happening in that team. Yeah. He had all these people around him giving him the ball in loads of space, and he's going, "This is lovely." And we just don't have those players at international level oh. at the minute. Anyway, sorry, James. No, we, so, so yeah. for like Wayne Pivak now about the, the governance and etc. Right, it, it is right to talk about that and to highlight it. There are bigger issues at play in Welsh rugby than just Wayne Pivak. So I, you can't blame him for everything that's going on in Welsh rugby, for the decline, but you can blame him for Wales's results because the fact of the matter is the buck stops at the top. He is Wales' head coach. He has access to these players. He makes the choices. He does the tactics. It, the, there, for Wales, results alone, the buck does have to stop the Wayne Pivak. It, it, it has to. And I don't know where we're going. I, I watch Wales, and I said this to you before we came on recordingly, right? I watch Wales and I think, what's the game plan, you know? What are we trying to do? And that's happened too many times where I don't know what we're trying. We've got no identity. No, we're looking you know, at the I know difference. Marcus... Sorry, sorry, Jane, but the, the difference, I watched the, um, watching Scotland Argentina. The Scottish backs played some lovely rugby. Yeah. Absolutely mm. delightful rugby to watch. That was my next was... point, right? Because Mark Ring was very critical, wasn't he, of Jarvan Humphreys, right? Mm. I'm quite critical of Stephen Jones. I don't know what he's doing with our attack. Now, I got a lot of respect for Stephen Jones. I loved him as a player, but as a Wales attack coach, I, I got to say, I thought Rob Howley did a better job. And oh, he was criticised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, but that was the point. He was he was laughed at, he was criticised, he was mocked. Rob Howley, I'm going to say it now, people can disagree if they want. Rob Howley did a better job with, with our backs than Stephen Jones has done. Honestly. Yeah. Here, I folks. don't know what the blueprint I don't know what our attacking blueprint is. I don't know what we're trying but, to do. You know, our but, kicking game against Georgia was ridiculous. You know, against Argentina, yeah. we kicked with purpose. We kicked for territory. Against our, our Georgia, we were just nonsense kicking. You know, mm. it was aimless kicking. There was no point or purpose to it. We ran out of ideas. And now that's the fall under Stephen Jones, our attack coach. So what, do you say? Well, what I'd say, like, about... Um... Bring back to Rob Howley for a second, yeah. The the game plan under Gatland, yeah. So and and Howley's on record talking about this. The game plan is to give the opposition seventy percent of the ball, and to defend your ass off, yeah. And mm. Rob, when when we talk about Rob Howley being an attack coach, his attack was let's defend more, yeah. And there, there was only really that that. England game, that 30 points to three England game, where England were poor and we just hit everything right that night, yeah? So, as, as much as, you know, a couple of people have said about Rob Howley, I I think, for me, he he's never offered anything as an attack coach that we couldn't have from anyone else. There's nothing special about him. Yeah. But I don't know. I think he was also playing to Gatlin's way as well. So, like yeah. you said, on the defense, so you're defending. But then, as soon as that, that option becomes available, you go for it. Then you're attacking and you play that attacking head rugby. What, what I was going to say about um, Howley is I think he would, if he did come in, he would suffer the same way as Pivak did. Yeah. I think I said this before that when Pivak, when Pivak was announced as Welsh coach, I said that that's, that's not going to work well. Yeah. For the reason that, can you remember uh, Ron Walden, Neath coach? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, he produced club sides that were absolutely outstanding. 
went up to national level, 11 Neath boys in the side, and everyone went, well, fuck that, that's a Neath side, I'm not going to do that. And then um, Alec, what's it, uh, Reese talks about him a lot, Alec, uh, tall guy, moustache, Australian, coached uh, Cardiff, got made oh, up the national coach. Alec Evans. Alec Evans, that's him, and did exactly the same thing, yeah? When you take somebody from inside the Welsh system and you promote them to national coach, you're ever, only ever going to get a quarter of the, the of of the supporters supporting him, yeah. And for, rightly or wrongly, that's the way Welsh rugby is. And I think that's why Gatland and Steve Hansen did so well because they came from outside and they came in and they've gone right. We're going to change this and we're going to change this and we're going to change this. And I think the way the Welsh public are, we're, we're much more accepting of somebody outside coming and doing it than somebody inside coming in and doing it. Do you know what I mean? If yeah, yeah, have... yeah, yeah. I understand your point. So I'm not yeah. saying, by the way, yeah. just to clarify, you're not saying bring back Rob Owley. God, no, <laughs> I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is for all the stick and the criticism that Rob Powell used to get in Wales, I think yeah. he's doing when well, he did a much better job as a tack coach than Stephen Jones. That was the point yeah. I was making. And I still don't know what our attacking blueprint is. It's like we're caught in two minds, aren't we, as which we play. Sometimes we go back to Warren Ball, don't we? And we keep it yeah. tight. I actually think Wales play yeah. better when it's a tighter contest and it's set piece, you know, a set piece game than when we, you know, just try to aimlessly kick and try to play a bit and we're caught in no man's land. It's like this is what I keep saying. I don't know what our game plan is. I don't know what the identity is or what the blueprint is of this team. There isn't one at the moment. I I, I, we go in nowhere. I don't know what it is. If someone knows, explain it to me because I just don't know. But I tell you so, what, you're about Sam Walbert and explaining things. I was sat two rows in front of Brian Haban and Jamie Roberts. I'm not being oh, yeah. funny. If, if Jamie Roberts could have killed someone there and there, he'd, he'd have been on him. He was spitting feathers. He was very critical, wasn't he? He was critical. Well, I, 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 I haven't heard his, hear what he said, obviously, because I was in the pub. Um, yeah. Yeah. He looked like he was about to let loose. But just just on that note from the TV coverage and social media, so I, I've got a new fan on uh, on social media. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm not going to name him because he'll probably get his solicitors and all of this kind of shit. The the point I was making from the was comments, Tom Shanklin you were on about. Oh fucking hell, Colin! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I made a couple of comments that um, that was uh, what I was doing was comparing Shanklin and Warburton's way. Shanklin, uh, you know, I'm not saying you should have been happy about Wales losing that game. Yeah, I'm not saying that at all. What I was saying was it was just. It was miserable throughout the game. And I've listened to Shanklin commentate. I, I listened to Shanklin commentate on a Scarlet's against Osprey's game. And in that game, he managed to mention uh, Thomas Williams twice. He's a fucking Cardiff player. And we're watching the Scarlet's against the Ospreys. Why the fuck are you talking about a Cardiff player? So I've, I've always had an issue with Shanklin, yeah. And I, it sounds I, like, yeah. But no. I like him as a player. I thought he was a cracking player, and I got no doubt that he's he a was. nice person. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I think he's from this part of the world as well. Like, I know he's definitely got family down here, but I think he moved away. But so you know, and, and I got no doubt that he's he's a really nice guy and all of that kind of stuff. All I'm saying is, is when Warburton talks about stuff, you know, Scrum goes down and Warburton will go. Uh, so 
prop was hinging there. And what I mean by hinging is you can see that the leg is straight and from the hip it bends over. And what that means is all the pressure is going downwards. And from Shanklin, you get that was poor from Wales. That was poor. That was poor. And that was my point. I, I, did, I didn't want to start a social media war about who's got the best podcast, for fuck's sake. Yeah, but you did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get my mate. I'm off to get my mate, and he's going to tell you to shut up. And to be fair, Flats could, I think Flats could see that we, we were just kind of um, having a bit of band. He, he said something about, um, oh, you've you've done a good job. I said, it was, I, I, said, I think I said something that I didn't want to, uh, I'm not, here to start a war and he said oh you've done a good job of it so far and I said well, well at least one of us has done a good job today then or something and he took offense to that you know so the thing know. about um the thing about Sam Warburton right he's very analytical in his commentary he's a very very good commentator and analyst and it's not always easy for rugby players to take that transition from player to pundit because I can tell you now a lot of them are pretty bad yeah, you know, a lot yeah. of them are really bad. But fair play to Warburton; he's taken the punditry like a duck to water, and I love he's listening fantastic. to him. I, yeah, absolutely. And maybe and that's the same. You know, I like Tom Shanklin. Tom, if you're listening to this pod, I like you. You're a good bloke. Don't listen to Lee. So does Lee. But obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, you know, that's the difference. Is Sam is more analytical, whereas I think Tom is very much just talking in the moment, doesn't he? Maybe that is the yeah. difference. But yeah, I think Sam is is very very good. I tell you what, I've enjoyed. Um, one Gatlin's punditry as well on Amazon. I don't know what you boys think. I think he's a pretty decent yeah. pundit, isn't he? Yeah, and, and I think I think it's less is more with some of these people. They, they you know, mm. they they know they've got thirty seconds to a minute to kind of make a point, so they make a point strong and and get out, and they're not rabbiting in your ear all through the game, sort of thing. And and I like that. I, I think that's that's mm. a good way of doing it. And. Uh, have you heard the rumours about Gatland being tapped up by United States? So, no, I saw well, Eddie Jones. That it's been reported yeah. that Eddie Jones is uh, in line to take over, according to the Daily Mail. So there's Eddie Jones, Gatland, yes. and um, uh, Razor. All well, I was talking to my, uh, my friend okay. over here on the weekend, and he's American. He's come over. You know, he's, he's mm. taken him to a couple of games. I took him to the Munster Lens, the game when we were in, we're in Ireland. And he had a great time now this weekend. And I was saying, you know, what, what's the crack in America? He said, well, you know, it's all football. College football is massive. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. But, he, mm. but he said, you know, the amount of athletes we have who could take to this game yeah. you know, and be Super. fantastic at it, it's just they need the coaching. They need to know how to play it properly. I mean, it's such a... Um, on his it's... You've got people, people like Carly mm. Niles. Yeah. Like rapid. You know, it's such a cliche, though, isn't it? Because what we constantly hear, particularly in the rugby media, is USA are the rugby sleeping giant. You know, yeah. and one day they will wake up. You know, it, it it comes it comes down to funding and infrastructure. And one day, I really hope USA do, uh, you know, become a force in rugby. I would love to see that. You know, mm. but uh, it is a shame about them missing out. You know, like I did praise Portugal earlier, but. Uh, Mm. Yeah, this is a shame. But can I just go back? You mentioned Scott Robinson there, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to talk about this earlier. I said I would sack Pivak, right? I would. I've gone on Twitter. I've been quite vocal about that. Because the WRU, now they've got to make a choice. No, That's not like you to be quite now. vocal. That's not like you to... I know. It's, I know it's, it's not like me at all. The WRU now have got a choice to make, right? They either need to take a financial hit or they risk World Cup 
embarrassment, right? And why yeah. are we doing now? This is just this is just my opinion. I would sack Pivac, right? I'd be going to Scott. I, there's two options. I'd go to Scott Robinson first because mm-hmm. that guy is desperate to get into it, the national rugby, right? He wants to coach test rugby. And I had people say to me on Twitter, oh, why would he want to take over Wales? He would. If you went to him with a good offer, I guarantee you, the Wales job is very attractive. There's a lot of top, that would get the attention of a lot of top coaches, Wales would. Okay? Especially Scott to Robinson England, is in yeah. the North, yeah. Scott Robinson yeah. is in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. I'd be going to Scott Robertson and I'd go take us to the World Cup. Now, if That's, that failed, if sorry, that failed, sorry, mate, I was the next say, option. Sorry, sorry go New, on. Yeah, New Zealanders get what it's like to be a small nation that's passionate about rugby. Yes. And and 100%. that's why New Zealand coaches like coming to Wales and New Zealand players like coming to Wales because it's a home from home. Similar culture. Yeah. yeah. It's the and, culture. I absolutely agree. That That's definitely on his side. Right. So the second option, then if that fails, and I don't think it's such a silly idea, I honestly would go to Warren Gatland and say, Warren, take us to the World Cup. I'm not saying he's a long term option, but I'd be going to one Gatlin now and say, just take us to the World Cup. Because I don't think that's such a silly option now. And you know, how worse can it get? You know, if we mm. stay with Pivak, I, I just think we're on such a downward tra- trajectory, we need to make a change. And I don't see any reason why not to go to Gatland or Robinson. Those would be my choices. I don't know what you guys think. Should we get rid of Pivak now, Lee Carwin? So you, I my, my, point now. my my call is that I, I one I I can't see Pivak staying. I just I think. The, Do you think he's going to resign or get sacked? I think there'll be a mutual agreement. Uh, oh, okay. I think it'll yeah. be after the Australia game, and right. there'll be a mutual agreement. But okay, you you look at the state New Zealand were in earlier in the year, and then they got rid of the scrum coach and the attack coach. Brought in some fresh mm. blood, and yeah. and it it, came, it kind of gave them a fresh impetus to go forward with, yeah. And I think yeah. that might actually be a better option because um, when we got rid of that dickhead that used to be the back of uh, the defence coach, now under twenties, um, Edwards. No, 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 no. Uh, how he was with him at the Scarlet. Garth Williams. No, 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 yeah, I quite like, no, our defence coach that came in and was a pile of shit for uh, the first season and then went and then he's got made up to under-20s coach. Byron Hayward. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Darren Edwards. When... <laughs> no, Hayward. <laughs> so when when he went, you know, there, was a, there was a definite change in the defence. You know, Gethin Jenkins upped it and... and you know, there was a there was a change. It was a definite change. It was definite emphasis. You know, I'm thinking for the Six Nations, uh, a change in the attack coach in Stephen Jones. And um, I, I I love Stephen Jones. He's a, an absolute legend down at the park. But sometimes you've got to live with being a legend and and accept that you're not going to go on to that next level. And then I I would get rid of Jonathan Humphries. I would. Um, I just why I mean, is he taking all the flack then? I don't understand why are we all giving flack to John because we're not looking at Stephen Jones. Yeah, but well, I would well, take his shit. I the defense was awful as well. The defense was awful against Georgia. 
So what you want to, yeah. so what you're saying, yeah. Lee, you want to do what they did in New Zealand then, where well, no, I'm Ian saying... Foster was under pressure, kept his job, and sweep the assistant, so they take all the blame, and then you bring in a new coaching team. No, well, that, that's what happened I'm... in New Zealand. That's yeah, I'm, Zealand. I'm saying it's, you know, it's work there, and I'd roll that dice for the Six Nations. That's that's what I would do, yeah. purely because I've We're nothing to lose. Well, yeah, there is that, and it is difficult to, you know, middle of the season to persuade a coach to leave his job middle of the season, and then you're going, well, who is there a coach out of work? Uh, do you know what I mean? So th- there's that practical mm. element to it, but then also I've seen what Pivac can do. Don't forget when Pivac was was at Park Scarlet, yeah. Well, well, this is what I was going to say earlier. When he took over, and after three, we 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 were shit for three games. Those first three games of, of that that season that we won the cup, we were shit. And I remember being at that that game. I was watching that third game, and there were there were lots of people going, "He's gone, he's gone." Monday morning, he's gone. Get him out of here, la la la. Yeah. And we scraped the fourth game, and then we went on this this run, and things started to come together, yeah. And I just think he's that that type of coach. He, he's got quite complicated ideas, quite intricate ideas. He thinks a lot about the game, and I think players need to be around him and with him for a long time to understand him. So, if he hasn't lost the the changing room, yeah, and I think that's a lot. When when he was at the Scarlet. The people he had around him believed in him and believed in what he wanted to do and how he wanted to play the game. Yeah, I've said this before mm-hmm. about control chaos. It's not about having a, a game plan. It's about having a, a controlled chaos that you're 5% more understanding of what's going to happen than the opposition and you create chaos. At the minute, we're not creating chaos. I said we're going to rocks and we're taking, uh, we're going to scrums and we're taking two minutes to set up a scrum. We're taking a line out and we're taking a minute to take a, a, a line out. It's not, we're not playing into our own strengths. We're not, we're not taking tap and goes. We're not, we're not waiting for the opposition to turn around and, and bang off we go. Yeah, we're not doing the unexpected. We're, we're not breaking that game up enough. And I think that's why it's that's Pivac style. Yeah, that's that controlled chaos you you look at the 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 way we played the game at the park when he was with us and it was it was insane because you never knew when we were going to attack yeah you'd have patchel just sitting back in a pocket and then every now and again there's a gap bang goof gone and and all of a sudden we run 80 meters and we score we didn't used to put pressure on people in the 22 if we if we got into their half chances are we were breaking a line of going because we played this controlled chaos and people understood this controlled chaos. And I don't think that's working at international level. So I think mm. it's worth another roll of the dice because if it works, it is just fucking awesome to watch. Yeah. Okay. If, if okay. control chaos yeah. works, you, you put Georgia on a wet Friday night and it's minus five in the national stadium. And that place is full because it's an exciting, interesting game to watch. At the minute, it's not working. So I think it's it's worth a roll of the dice and seeing can you know that fresh impetus of of, of a, a scrum coach. Maybe Gethin Jenkins does need to go as well. I don't know, but it depends mm. on whether those players in that team and in that squad or around the squad are committed to playing that type of game. And at the minute, okay. I don't think they are. So okay, so Carwin, Pivak going, yes or no? 
What would you do? Like a, like a good old fashioned drop kick out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Out to the posts, over the dead ball line, and good luck. Thanks for your, thanks for your service. Um, just no. And who comes in then? Yeah, who comes in and who, who does he take? What, what's it? your plan then? If that goes, if what's you, your plan? If you've got someone coming in, again, you see, we've got to give him a chance. Pivac's had, what, three years now? And it's yeah, yeah, we won the first one by with a bit of luck on our side and red cards and everything, all that talk. But who do you bring in? You you want, you want like uh, Mark Wing said, you want people with flair. You want those coaches who are going to inspire you to go out there and play the game you've always wanted to play. You know, um, now, who comes in and does that? I, I mean, I hear people talking at Ronan O'Gara, but no, he's he's done all right with the club. He's been out of the bars, but he's not my he's not my type of guy just from the way he played the game. He um, wants the England job, O'Gara. He's been talking about that a lot. The England oh, job. I think he's got his eyes on that. Yeah, you don't fancy O'Gara, no? He no? He's done good work at La Rochelle. He's Crusaders as well. Yeah. He's done good work. Yeah. I would. No, I, I, I would. I would bring I, him in. You, you I, go I, for Ogawa. If, we, if we're going to roll a well, dice... Well, I did, Lee. I did. You were, you were talking up Tom Shanklin to come as the attack coach. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I would... Wales were good. Wales were poor. Yeah. Wales were good. Wales were poor. That was good. Oh, poor old Tom. I fancy, <laughs> I fancy Scott Robinson. I fancy Scott Robinson. Gatland, yeah. great coach. Done a lot for us. Um, does he want the interim? I don't think he does. I don't think he, could, he needs the pressure in his life. Get someone in who's who's like, all right, boys, let's win the Six Nations. Let's win this World Cup. Let's turn it around. We're going to do it now. Scott Robertson, Jaman. Yeah, I, um, I think if we're going to bring somebody in, it needs to, it'll, rather than bring somebody in that wants to play a wild, open, exciting game, it, it needs to be a structured game. And we need to go back to not losing a game before we go back to winning a game, if that makes sense. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with what you say, and this is what I was, I was saying earlier before we came on about the, the way Ireland have done it. You know, we when Gatlin came in, we really shut the game down, and we went into a very, very small structured game. And Ireland did exactly the same, and they kind of followed what we were doing, and they were a very slow structured game. What the difference is is Ireland invested in players to come through that could play a creative game. Okay. And they're now benefiting yeah. from it, and we've had to almost revolutionise what we're doing and and just throw ourselves into this open, expansive game that we should have been developing under Gatland, and we we could have come out of that Gatland area uh, era, kind of in a lot more creative style than we did. We 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 finished yeah. the Gatland area still very structured and and narrow and give the opposition 70% of the ball. That was the... But it worked. It worked. We had success. We won Grand Slams, Championships, World Cup semi-finals. You can't argue. Exactly. It yeah, you but you Ireland... might not like the style. You might not like yeah. it, but it worked. It did. But Ireland did the same, but then Ireland have evolved beyond that. And and that's my point, yeah? I'm saying you, you can play that structured game for so long, but people will work you out. And we people will work in us out, yeah? And mm. But you then have to be able to evolve beyond that, and we haven't. We, we've got exciting, creative, attacking players, yeah? Thomas Williams on his day is a, a very, very creative player. Dane Black. I don't, I don't rate him. I don't rate him, I'm sorry. Uh, don't rate I him. Do. Thomas Williams? No. 
Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, Eddie, he, he, defines opinion. He, he defines opinion, doesn't yeah. he, Wales? He does. uh, Thomas, I, I, I like him, I do. I think he is but our he, best starting scrum half, personally. But, then you've got, um, like him. Yeah, but you've got people like Costa. Hmm, yeah, sorry, but the time we're, with Thomas William, the time I watch, sometimes... Is that exciting? Oh, he's frozen. He's frozen. <laughs> he's frozen I knew now. his Wi-Fi would give out at some point. <laughs> Fucking hell. He's yeah, looking my... like left, right. He's oh, he's back. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's hey, you know, welcome you back. You froze. You froze then, Carl. What was you saying? You froze. going to start calling you Elsa. Oh, I, I thought you boy. Yeah, I thought your voice froze with all these connections. So what I was saying, Thomas Williams is yeah. getting to rucks too slowly in, through parts of the game. He's looking left and right, left and right, and he's forgetting where the overlap is and going the opposite direction. Mm. You know, it's like, hang on now, you're meant to be a British Lion. But then on that, that first try that we scored, no, both tries actually, no, the first try was off the peel off the line wasn't it? The second try from the ruck, and he noticed there was space down the blind side, and he just went in connect the player, ball out. Yeah? So... Well, that's basics. Exactly. It's it's basic stuff that we, we didn't do for the rest of the game. And that's kind of... I, I know what you mean. He, he is very much a Marmite sort of a player. You either love him or you hate him. I, I quite Did like I just him say, when sorry, he's Sorry, Carwin, he's not a British Lion. He's not no, playing for the British Lion. didn't Lions. get selected. He didn't go. No, on. On the I just got to pick you up for that. No, he's never, he's not a court for Lions. He's not a British Lion. Uh, well, and look, and there's no, no wonder. Bloody hell. You know. <laughs> I just wanted to pick you up on that. Rightly so. He has to play for Lions. I no, I just double checked. He's not. No, no he hasn't. No, he's not. But perhaps my it was point was. Talk that he should have been selected by all the Cardiff fans. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but you've got creative players coming through, like Dane Blacker. You've got Costello coming through. You've got Dyer. You've got. Um, Zamet, you know, we, we've got a lot of players coming through. We've got Max Llewellyn coming through in that back. We've got some good players there. We just, I think now we just need to go, okay, we're not ready to unleash the dragon just yet. We we, we need to build the dragon at home. I, I, because that's what we've tried to do, mate. That's that's what we've tried to do now. We've tried to, we've tried to unleash the dragon and go, right, go fuck them all up. And it and it hasn't worked nope. because people well like New Zealand out. right mm. New Zealand good enough they're old enough they'll they'll take out the most experienced best player because he's not playing well in comes mm. the youngster and he and he holds and his place because he's playing so well that's to do with develop I need a piss boys I'll be back in a moment <laughs> we'll carry it on then yeah. Um, so I don't know, Jane. What do you reckon? Get some of those youngsters in, like you know, like like me said, Max the well in Dyer. I think Dyer's had a great autumn, by the way. Um, yeah, I don't um, think I expect well last week. No, he didn't. He really didn't. Um, and that yellow card certainly didn't help his cause either, did it? You know, no, um, I expect Real Dyer to come back into the uh, match day squad. But um, you know, we talked about this earlier. We've got to start moving away now from the likes of Ken Owens, Halloween Jones. You know, we've got to start bringing through the youngsters. Are we going to get pain? We're going to get short term pain, but we've got to do it. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. And you look at those, you know, Bradley Roberts. Yeah, he had a baptism of fire. Sam Wainwright. I mean, goodness me. I mean, he came on the field, he gave away penalties. He just could not cope at all. You know, those front row replacements. I was scrubbing Different level of aggression again. Yeah, I mean, that, have you seen that clip doing the rounds on social media, the last scrum, you know, the last, I mean, it gone munch, but actually there were two more scrums before that where we got absolutely destroyed. Oh, we got pummeled, absolutely so, pummeled. 
Yeah, you know. absolutely. So it's you know we are going to have short term pain, but uh, yeah, we we got to start bringing through more youngsters because we can't keep relying on the same old heads. We ju- we just can't, you know. It's going to cause pain, but we've got to move on. Play what's in front of the cons, you know, where the game's not been affected yet by the, this way, this way, that way. You know, to play play the game like you're in the park as a youngster. Off you go. I haven't it. mentioned it yet. Don't I haven't win. mentioned it, but a word for Jack Morgan because yeah, I know I praised him in the yeah. last pod. I thought yeah. For me, I, I'd say two players. I think him, 100%. And I'd even say Josh McLeod as well, because I thought he had a pretty decent debut, yeah. actually. Um, those are the only... Yeah, so for me, those are the only two players who come out of that Georgia game with any real credit. Yeah. yeah. As far as I'm concerned. The rest, I'm afraid. Well, I, I've i seen the pair of them play together for Scarlett. I think I think it was only twice that, that they played together. But when they play together, they they balance each other really, really well. I, I would have liked to have seen those two stay on and Tipperick goes off, Faletau comes into number eight. I think that, as a back row, is fucking awesome. I, I genuinely do. So, yeah. talking about players, talking about structure, we need, to, we need to move this on and wrap this up in a second, gents. Let's talk about Australia. Let's talk about it. Let's... Go with the situation that we've got at the minute, okay? Let's assume that Pivak is in place for Australia, and let's just talk about players and style and tactics. How do we beat Australia? What do we need to do? We leave the politics of everything off the field to everybody else. Let's assume we are as we are, and that's how we're going into Australia. What's your calls? Very, very basic. It's very basic again. Smash them. You smash them relentlessly until they fold, and then you know you get you get your boys in the back and you get them running. It's very simple rugby. Smash them, smash them, play. Mm. You know because that's what everyone's been doing to us. Absolutely smashing us in the forwards. There's been no resilience. You know there's been there's been no fight in the dog. Mm. They 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 have got a notoriously bad. Discipline record, you know, and, and they've we, lost five players this week, I believe. Yeah, I think they've got a crazy amount of injuries, and they I just have. hope they don't put Skelton. Well, I almost hope they do put Skelton on because he's one of the. No, worst. he's um, no, he's not available. Him and Bolo he... Foley were not available because they got to go back. It's just outside the test window, so they're going yeah. back to their um, of course, respective France. Japanese and French yeah, clubs. Yeah, so yeah. that's a, it's a big it's a big opportunity for Wales. I mean, you know, we've ripped into Wales. This mm. is actually, it wouldn't surprise me if Wales won on Saturday. Honestly, it wouldn't. There yeah. is an opportunity. Australia tired. They're in two-point game. So we, we, we can win this. And I, you know, if we do mm. win, it's great. But it doesn't, the only problem is if we do win, it does sort of paper over the cracks. It will give Pivak a little bit of breathing space. But for me, even if we win this game, this autumn for me has been a disaster. It, have, it, it has been very poor. And the win on Saturday just wouldn't change that, I'm afraid. The damage has been done. Credibility has been lost. It would you know, just be I don't nice. want to get doom and gloom. I know I'd be yeah. doom and gloom about it, but it shouldn't paper over the cracks now because oh, there's yeah, still big mean. question marks yeah. about Wales no. and the coaching staff. And I don't want that win to be like, oh, Pivac's redeemed himself. No. Yeah, well, I've got to be honest. I'm looking forward now to the, the Christmas derbies, to be honest, because it's not <laughs> far away. And the URC is all... it back in action this weekend. Yeah. The Bosch Clubs are out in yeah. South Africa as South well. South Africa. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that because there's another pummeling coming our way. Um, but, <laughs> you know, 
I am looking forward to the derbies at Christmas. Get back into the spirit of it. Get the family. Well, I might leave them at home, but I, I'll come to the rugby. <laughs> uh, have, a good, have, a, have a good day out. Um, yeah, looking forward to that because. So, what are you? I'll what are you hoping before the Nations to sort ourselves out? What are you hoping for then from Australia? And what's your prediction for Australia again? What's what's your score? What are you hoping hope, for at the game? And what's your prediction score? I hope Australia are shite. They don't turn up, and I hope we win by two points at least. <laughs> okay, Jane, what's your? What's I, your... That's a, that's a, sorry, that's as simple as it is because it has been a depressing autumn. I yeah. just, just yeah. you know, I hope it's a good game. I really hope it's a good game. I hope it's a flat, fast flowing game. I hope it's everything I love about rugby. But um, I think, just, uh, I don't know. I'm just depressed. <laughs> Jane, <laughs> Jane, what's your score prediction, mate? Do you know what? It's a really difficult game to call because I think if, if Australia hadn't had so many injuries, I probably would fancy Australia. You know, mm. um, they're very evenly matched at the moment. They've had an up and down year as well. Dave Rennie is under a lot of pressure. Lost you know, pressure, down under. Yeah. So it's exactly. Yeah. So it's it's, it's interesting. They lost to Italy as well. Mm. Yeah, two yeah. coaches, both under pressure. You know, it's. <sighs> Joe, I am going to say Wales by about two, three points. Because yeah. the one thing I will say about Wales, we are very good at bouncing back, isn't we? You know? Yeah. It shouldn't be like that. We should be consistent. We should be going into every game, you know, on a high. But Confident. we always seem to have these troughs, don't we? You know, we've yeah. had a terrible defeat. There's a shitload of criticism. We bounce back and we win. Then we play again. Never shit defeat. Bounce back, you know. I just want us to be more consistent. But this doesn't get away and pivot off the hook for me, like I said, what, what happens on Saturday. But I probably will go for a Wales win, actually. Uh, yeah. So I, I've got a number of things I want to see for uh, for Saturday. I want to see Ken Owens as captain. Um, obviously, a back row of Morgan, McLeod, and Falatau. I want to see Costello mm-hmm. starting. Um, and the, 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 now, the hang on one. now, he's no Hamlet, is he? Well, I think you might find that, that you know. When, oh god he couldn't get his mark ring joke in, so he's got to get out. <laughs> um, i think the, the only issue for us is losing zam at a fullback and willardy half penny um lasts the distance um so i i'm gonna go for like i said i, I think we, we always respond very well um uh, and and we do I, I wouldn't be surprised to see alan win jones in there on the bench mm. purely for that leadership, yeah. you know, him and Ken. So Ken comes off, Bradley Roberts or whoever comes on, but at the same time you take the second row off and you bring Alan Wynne Jones on so you still maintain that that um grit up front and that, that leadership in the pack. Um I, I think we're gonna win by five points for, for no other reason than yeah, I'll be honest. The lucky pants took a bit of a hammering over the weekend on social media. You know, not so lucky, are they? <laughs> they're, not, they're not so lucky. And after after the run in with Tom Shanklin, the lucky pants have gone, and we've had to upgrade the mankini. We now have a we now have a lucky man. <laughs> and I don't I don't want to picture that to be honest. <laughs> We've, we've we've upgraded to a lucky mankini for, for this weekend, and uh, and we'll see how that one goes. 
Oh, nice. On that note, gents, I think we'll call that one a night. I think the brains essay has uh, has done its uh, has done its worst. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> next week. We I, we have got another fantastic guest lined up next week. Um, I thought Mark just from a personal note, I you know, it's an absolute pleasure talking to Mark Ring because. He was a massive hero of mine when I was growing up, and uh, I didn't get to ask him the questions that I wanted to, but we run out of time, so maybe another day in the future. But I thought he was absolutely superb. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've got another guest lined up for next week who is of that kind of level. He's probably the happiest guy in uh, in Welsh rugby over the last thirty years. Uh, but we'll tell you more about that next week. And on that note, gents, have a very good week. Enjoy your rugby. And uh, we'll do the same again next week when Reese is back. Coil Val. Coil Val, indeed. Yes, thank you all. Have a good day. Cheers, boys. Thank you for listening to this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it enough to come back next week and listen again. So please do subscribe, rate and review the pod as it really helps us on most of the platforms that we appear on. You can keep the conversation going on Twitter and Facebook by searching for us on RAP, W-R-R-A-P. Or you can email us on welshregionalrugbypod at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to do some more of the same. We hope you'll come and enjoy us. And in the meantime, enjoy your rugby. Sports Social Podcast Network.